What's up, folks of Gator Country? This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, along with Andrew Spivey and a plethora of things going on here at the University of Florida as far as decommitments, recommitments, new commitments, transfers, transfer portal, coaching changes, coaches leaving, coaches kind of staying, new coaches coming onto the staff. But I want to go ahead and talk about the big coaching hire that everyone's been talking about, Corey Raymond, coming here to the University of Florida, a guy who uh, spent a lot of time over there at LSU, uh, go to his any kind of profile that's on 24-7 Sports Arrivals. He's been responsible for recruiting not only a whole ton of five-star players, but a lot of top 100 four-star players as well. Uh, really good hire here, Spivey. Um, you know, as far as all the other hires that have come, we'll get into that here soon. What do you think about that Corey Raymond hire, man? Yeah, I mean, I think that was the first uh, big boy move by, by Billy um, since he got to Florida, and it was one of those that said – okay, I'm for real, I'm here, wake up. And, you know, it was one of those that it was heard in Athens. It was heard in Tuscaloosa. It was heard around the SEC in general that, um, you know, things are changing for the for the good. And, um, you know, I at first had heard the name Corey Raymond, you know, that he was being mentioned for Florida. And I, I said, oh, okay, that's another year, another rumor for Corey Raymond because I, it seems like Corey Raymond's the hot name every year. Him and T-Rob are the two names that you hear the most every year. Uh, but then when you, when you started to really look into some things and see that Brian Kelly's tenure at LSU is already not off to a good start. He can't get an OC, can't get a DC. Um, he hires Frank Wilson to try to salvage this recruiting class a little bit. Uh, a lot of guys are decommitting from that class as well. Um, we'll get in that more in recruiting here in a second, but then he fires Corey Raymond or who doesn't fire says he's not retaining Corey Raymond or Kevin Falk, uh, to LSU kind of legacy guys there. And, um, I think it was big for, for, for Napier because it was not only a great coaching hire on an on-field standpoint, because he, he's, he has coached some, some really, really good players. Um, but also off the field in recruiting, he can go into Miami and recruit with, with crystal ball and those guys. He, he's done it before. He knows the power players down in Miami, uh, but he also can recruit, talented DBs everywhere. I mean, when you think about some of the guys he's pulled from Jacksonville and um, and some of the guys he was recruiting, I mean, it, to not jump ahead, but I mean, Kamari Wilson instantly jumped on uh, an official visit to Florida over LSU once him and Jamar Chaney were announced. And that just yep. kind of goes to show you where things are going. I mean, you look at it. Derek Stingley was a guy. Now, obviously, it was a little bit easier to get Stingley there, but Eli Ricks was another guy. I mean, the guy out of uh, Jacksonville a couple of years ago and Kevin Tolliver was a big five star. So um, it was a big hire. I will say this. It brings some instant credibility back to a defensive back room that had lost all credibility under Jules. Yeah, it was getting pretty bad. And for Florida to have a, you know, 20 plus years of good defense and known for their defense, it's, it's kind of drifted off a little bit. It's starting to look like a, um, you know, a really Mac looking defense, not McIlwain, the MAC is what I'm talking about. So the, the hire of Corey Raymond really uh, w was big. It was huge. And it, it'll help out in recruiting since the recruiting hasn't, hasn't been that great. I mean, we've got Jason Marshall, a, a guy, a, a Kyer Elam that's going to leave here after this year. So you really need somebody to shore up that corner uh, spot there, the DB spot, and uh, hiring Corey Raymond, especially with the the, the uh, troubles we've also had at safety. Uh, this was a home run hire for Florida. Yeah, um, and I think the the biggest thing is at that defensive back position. This is not to knock on anybody, but you know when you look at 
outside of Jason Marshall and Kyrie Lim at that corner spot. None of those guys were truly highly talented guys. I mean, right. highly recruited guys. Um, you know, Avery Helm wasn't, uh, you know, Jaden Hill. They, neither, none of those guys were particularly highly recruited guys. Um, and it's not to say they're not good players. I mean, I, uh, Avery Helm had a had a pretty solid year. Did he have a great year? No, but he had a solid year. Jaden Hill, um, you know, going into the season, there was a lot of promise for him. Um but to go get some instant impact guys, and especially in the transfer portal, um, they need a corner in the transfer portal this year. And I, I think, you know, Corey Raymond will do that. Uh, 2023 class, there's some talented corners. Uh, Kam- uh, Kamarni uh, McLean over at Lake Gibson's a big one as yep. well. Uh, so there's a lot of names that he can go get. Yep. But again, it brings instant credibility there. And it brings that that first true dog recruiter and that's not to take anything away from Patrick Tony or Jabbar Jaluk um you know Jaluk does his thing in in New Orleans already got Sean Washington the uh Georgia defensive tackle commit on campus this weekend so uh, everybody has their difference but Corey Raymond I guess would be the best the first good hire that is already really known in the Sunshine State and really known in Florida for recruiting. And obviously I think it's going to grow and, and it's going to grow a, a lot. And there's some big names being rumored. And we'll talk about that here in a oh, second. Yeah. Uh, but to get Corey Raymond on board now before early signing day was big. And um, it, it just shows that coaches buy into what, what Napier believes in and, and Napier's plan. Right, and here's another stat for you Florida fans, since I'm the stat guy here. Corey Raymond's average recruit ranking sits at 94.27. If if that's a talent rating, that's really, really elite. He has recruited eight five-star recruits in his career, 10 top 100 four-star recruits, and a total of 12 four-star recruits outside of the top 100 and inside of the top 250. So just single-handedly as a a coach recruiting at that kind of level is pretty elite, and I think that's um, has to be one of the best guys, uh, especially at that position. At, at recruiting but uh, I mean there was obviously some other coaching hires there was a whole ton uh the biggest uh I would say the biggest breaking one I guess today was Jamar Chaney uh announced as defensive analyst now so you know you got that going on there you got Patrick Tony coming in over here uh serve as the co-defensive coordinator here Mark Hawk hockey I used to say Hoke because I was used to see, I was used to Brady Hoke over there at Michigan but it's actually Mark hockey <laughs> he'll yeah. be the new strength and conditioning coach uh, I know a lot of you guys loved Savage and you know what he was doing and all that but uh obviously when a new head coach comes in he wants to take his uh some of his guys with him so Mark hockey will be the strength and conditioning coach running backs Jabbar Jaluk I hope I'm saying that right is a running back coach there and the uh, offensive analyst Ryan O'Hara will also leave Lafayette for Gainesville as well so you know those are some of the coaching hires there's also some other ones and uh there's gonna be more announced here and Darnell I, you know, Stapleton's a big one I'm ready to start Lions Spivey. Darnell Stapleton was the big one uh Darnell Stapleton was the big one the uh the off assistant offensive line coach coming over from Lafayette oh, yeah. um, a guy who who won a Super Bowl um, that's a big one. Um, and a, a lot of people are very, very high on his coaching future. Um, you know, and being able to play it at that level, he's played it. Um, he, he, he's going to understand how to teach the guys, but he's also going to understand how to teach their mentality. And, you know, offensive line plays all about mentality. I've said that, I say that every year. It's about a mentality. It's about a will. It's about a want to, to be better than the guy in front of you. And Darnell Stapleton's been in the trenches 
at the highest of levels and, and won at the highest of levels. Um, guys should instantly respect him. You, you, you listen to Max Starks, uh, you know, talk about it uh, on Twitter and stuff, and he's, he's absolutely pumped about the higher stuff. That's a big one. Uh, Patrick Tony, I, I don't think people understand. He's a gym. That's a really, really good hire by Florida uh, to to get Patrick Tony to come over and not be just the DC at Lafayette to come over and be the co DC. Uh, many people have him as one of the top five up and coming defensive coordinators. Now, I've heard different things that he may or may not call plays, um, depending on if they can go out and get that big fish for for DC. Then I do expect he'll call the plays and, and Tony won't call the plays. Um, but it, it still, it it brings a different perspective because Tony's done it before. He's called plays as well. So whoever it is is another eyes there. Um, you know, you you look at Jamar Cheney. He he's done it before. Not you know not call plays and and not be on the field, but he's he's played the game at the highest of level. So right. he's another eyes out there for it. Corey Raymond's done a lot. He's seen been through a lot of defenses. So. You bring a lot of different views. You bring a lot of different uh, schemes, um, familiarity with schemes to the table to where you can work it out. Um, Tony's a big one. Uh, Jaluk is another guy that, you know, I think has slept on a little bit. I mean, he he's helped Leonard Fournette and Darius Geis and some of those guys, but he's also very well known in New Orleans. Uh, used to coach at Warren Easton and um, – uh, a lot of guys respect him. I mean, uh, again, you see Sean Washington um, come over from uh, the, the Georgia commit, come over for an official visit this weekend, just what, five days after Florida offered him on Monday. So that just kind of shows you the respect. And in New Orleans, it's kind of like Miami. If you're not known there and respected there, you can give it up getting any player there. That just kind of is the way it is. Um, so, um, Overall, I would say very good uh, hires. Uh, hockey, in my opinion, is a is an upgrade over Savage. Um, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, some of the antics and stuff that Savage allowed on the sidelines and stuff like that and just different things. And, you know, I, the guys have gotten stronger to some extent, but they still weren't physical. Right. And I think that was a that's an impact of um, our direct effect of, of Savage. I mean, if your guys are not mentally strong, physically strong and tough, that goes back on your strength coach. It also goes back on your strength coach when they're eating like MRE looking bacon when they, they get out there. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I like That's to hire. I, me personally, I, I don't really care who Napier brings over as assistants. Um, there are rumored ones out there. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, as far as who he brings over and who he replaces or who he keeps, and I think uh, Christian Robinson's still kind of there, isn't he? He's uh, floating around there. He um, Christian Robinson's not staying. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. may think he is and whatever, but multiple people have told me Christian Robinson's not staying. Well, there you go. You heard it here first from Survivy. Um, there's uh there's some coaching rumors going around too. Um uh one of the coaching rumors that I'm really excited about, the the guy's last name starts with an S and ends in R and it rhymes with cider. Uh can you uh Fill us in a little bit on that one, Spivey. I know you've been busy on these VIP boards, man. You fill us in a little bit. Uh, I've heard some rumors out there that he might be coming. There has been some talks, but, uh, you know, fill us in a little bit, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, Juwan Sider is definitely the name out there to be the tight ends coach. And um, I will say that, you know, I I think that uh, things are definitely trending in the right direction there. There's still a decision to be made by Juwan Sider. And I know people have put out there that he's asking for OC title. That, that's – that is the furthest thing from the truth out there. The furthest thing from the truth. Uh, I know from direct knowledge from some sources uh, very close to him that 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 hasn't been discussed. 
That yeah. that's not been a, a factor in this whole decision. Now, does Juwan Snyder want to come with a title? Sure. OC title, co-OC title, doesn't mean anything to him. Uh, does he want to be the recruiting coordinator? I mean, maybe, but at the end of the day, Juwan Snyder wants to be known as a coach. He knows he's a great recruiter, but he also wants to be respected for his coaching ability on the field as well. And that's a big thing uh, for him. And so I think things are going in the right direction there. That would be a major hire for Florida if they are able to pull that one off. And and having there, the tight ends would be lucky to have him as well. And it would be a uh, another very good recruiter with Corey Raymond down in South Florida. As Jawan Sider is one of the best recruiters of South Florida football there is. Um, very well respected. Knows everybody down there. Um I mean, you, you look at what he's done at IMG. I mean, he's pulled a couple IMG kids as well. So yep. maybe he's the guy that can help break the curse if Kamari Wilson doesn't break the curse here uh, in about three days. So, um, you know, that's a big one. Um, the other one's Rob Sell, the offensive line coach for the Giants. Uh, uh, feel very, very confident he's going to be the guy that's uh, uh, opposite of uh, Darnell Stapleton there uh, to coach that. And uh, Rob Sell is one of the most respected offensive line coaches in the uh, in the country. Uh, very good recruiter as well, but a very, very intense, expects physicality out of his offensive line. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it you're going to be tough or you're not going to play for him. Right. And that's what he likes. He likes big offensive linemen that can just lean on people and get them out of the way. Um, so those are two hires that I think, you know, if they're able to pull off are major, major hires. Right. And speaking of big offensive linemen, man, a uh, an offensive lineman had committed to the University of Florida that they were uh, actually seeking out at Louisiana Lafayette when he was there. A guy by the name of Christian Williams, six foot four, three hundred and twenty pound offensive lineman for Missouri, Texas, Missouri City, Texas. So, you know, already getting these big bodies in here, three hundred and twenty pounds. It's something I like to see. I don't care how many stars it has. If they're over three hundred pounds, I, I like that. I like that kind of a commitment. So. You know, yeah, and I, the thing yeah, for me with with Christian is and and I was talking to some buddies of mine, uh, Ryan Bronger at covers Texags. Um, he's seen seven of Christian Williams games this year in person. Yeah. Uh, and he said he doesn't understand why the kid's underrated and uh, not picking up offers. The kid doesn't camp. The kid doesn't do a lot of visits. Uh, and the kid doesn't do a lot of these, you know, so-called uh, events, you know, the Under Armour events and that kind of stuff. Uh, no Texas and Texas A&M were kind of sniffing around there, hoping he would wait until February to sign so they could slip in there, maybe grab him if they have a spot left. Um, everybody I talked to uh, said the guy is a technician. The guy is very strong. The guy has all the tools in the in the, in the the bag to do it. Um, huge hands, which is great for an offensive lineman. Great work ethic, loves football, and is a good student of the game. Now, they said it's going to take him a year or so to really fine-tune his techniques to yeah. understand that, okay, I can't just lean on a guy to block him. There, there has to be good footwork and that kind of stuff to go along with it. But um, everybody says this is a major, major upgrade for Florida uh, on offensive line. And I think it kind of shows what – Billy wants out of his offensive line. I mean, he wants some some big old man childs up yeah. front, uh, kind of like Alabama offensive line. Yeah, uh, Billy Napier did say he wanted to win the line of scrimmage, and it is the line of scrimmage league, and I do believe that whatsoever because you can't run. Well, the when ball. you look at who's on campus this weekend, yeah, him, Sean Washington. You know, those are two. That's a big massive. Dude. Yeah, 
big old boys that can just eat up some space um, there. So, I mean, when you when you look at that, uh, Chris McClellan's coming in on Sunday, uh, just visited Oklahoma. Florida's going to have to hang on there. Oklahoma's coming on strong there. And we all know he liked Oklahoma a lot before right. um, he committed to Florida. Uh, but you look at that he wants some size and you know Dan Mullen said oh I want to win the line of scrimmage you didn't want to win no line of scrimmage you never recruited offensive defense line Billy Napier's recruiting and he's told multiple people if if I only sign a handful of guys in the class uh, on Wednesday for early signing day and they're all line of scrimmage guys he's okay with it yeah well you still got the portal too I mean there's a ton of talent going into the portal and you still have kids holding off till national signing day as well not many do that anymore and actually they're trying to get rid of the early signing day now so we'll see what happens with that but uh, I, the thing for yeah. me is this david and yeah i know we're going off in a different direction with That's the fine. early signing day it was the plan was good you know but the plan's been bad um yeah. you know the intentions of it were okay david connor for instance solid to florida not going anywhere loves the gators knows where he wants to go Boom, he signs. But it wasn't intended for a guy like Kamari Wilson, who's still undecided and bouncing between, you know, five schools of where he wants to go to be pushed into a decision in December. That wasn't where it was supposed to go. It was supposed to ease the coaches from having to use expenses to go visit long-term commits. Um, So I don't know that there's an answer to make early signing day work. Because now with the transfer portal, it makes it even tougher. You know, for instance, I can guarantee you on Wednesday or Thursday, there's going to be a slew of assistant coaches leaving schools. It happens every year. They wait until the kids sign on the dotted line, and then they they bolt. But now with the transfer portal, you know, the transfer portal's taken over. And I had some coaches at some lower levels tell me, you know, we don't recruit high school talent hardly anymore. We're all recruiting transfer portal guys. Well, then it's a trickle-down effect to the high school kids. And, again, I just – I think it was good intentions, but it just hasn't worked. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, as far as, you know, the last staff and the transfer portal, you know, they're, they're – obviously in this class you're going to have to fill holes because you came in late. It's a transition class. So you're going to have to dip into the portal to fill holes. It's not something Billy Napier and the staff wants to do because they want to get these guys out of high school. But, you know, in a transition class especially, it's, 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 a good, it's a good year to be in a transition class with all the things that are going on across the nation. So, you know, I'll be interested to see if how many guys they do bring out of the portal if they can't get some of these guys signed here. Uh, but, hey, man, I'm, I'm ready to start lying with these new staffing hires. And hopefully, man, Kamari uh, Wilson will break good news and not break our hearts coming <laughs> here in the weekend. But, um. As far as yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me, David, is this, and that is, you know, for instance, Saban, Kirby, Clemson, those guys, they go to the portal to find one or two guys that can make them, that can take them over the top, kind of like a free agency. You know, every year in free agency, you know, a team will go get a guy or two to take them over the top to get them to that championship level. Like a Jonathan Uh, Grenard, like for us, a Jonathan Grenard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Bama, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams really took Bama to that next level. I mean, he ended up being one of the best receivers in the country. Um, And it it replaced a situation where Waddle and Devontae Smith both left. Um, 
you had some younger guys who hasn't developed as quick. So you were able to get Jamison Williams in there to kind of plug that hole for a year or two until, you know, the, the, the younger guys at, at Bama, the uh, Halls, the Ja'Cory Brooks, are really re- able to take that next level. Um, you look at Georgia, they've been able to do that a little bit uh, in the secondary with a guy or two. Uh, so that's the that's the point of the portal, not to just fill your class. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe this is something the NCAA looks at down the road of limiting how many transfer portal guys you can take. Maybe that's something they yeah. look at. I don't know. I think that there has to be – everything has to be looked at in a way because it, it, just like in life, every decision has a trickle-down effect, and I think this trickle-down effect is hurting high school recruiting in a way. And, you know, I think it's kind of making it to where teams are never going to have a lot of super talented senior teams. Like, for instance, with Mullen at Mississippi State, you know, he had a couple of years where he had some really good senior-related teams. I don't know that you're going to have that anymore because guys are transferring so quick. Right. And, uh, and, and since we're on the topic of the transfer portal, a couple of big names from Florida entering the transfer portal here. Uh, Gerald Mincy uh, was the start of the transfer portal guys, and then uh, two big names now. Jacob Copeland, Muhammad Diabate in the transfer portal. Um, you know, uh, if you were on the Gator Collective uh, Twitter space the other night, uh, Jacob Copeland was very vocal about, um, you know, Billy Napier, and he he did say something along the lines of, well, this is the Sun Belt, this is the SEC, which I don't think is fair because you don't know exactly, you know, coaching doesn't leave no matter what conference you're in. Your ability to coach doesn't leave. So I, I don't get that. But at the same time, you know, he he was kind of vocal a little bit on the Twitter spaces of, of you know his displeasure I guess and uh, you know you're very close to Copeland I know you are uh, Spivey um, you know Copeland was a guy that you know always you know wore his heart on his sleeve you know if he had something he would he would post it he would put it on Twitter he's he's one of a very emotional kind of guy um, what do you think eventually led to this decommitment uh, or not decommitment but it led to him going into the transfer portal um. I think a lot of things led into it, honestly. Um, Jacob Copeland's a guy who wants people to be honest with him. And I'm not saying others aren't. Right. But some people some people can't handle lying to people or having people lie to you more than others. Some yeah. people are able just to sweep it under the rug. Jacob Copeland's like kind of like myself where we just don't sweep it under the rug a little bit. We always remember it. And I think that's just the situation. And, you know, people get hard on Jacob Copeland and I, and I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair. Yeah. I think people don't understand everything uh, the young man's went through um, growing up and everything else. And um, I, I think that Jacob Copeland's a fine ball player. And I think he is a, um, a good person. I think, like you said, he does wear his sleeves on it, uh, you know, our emotions on his sleeves a little bit. Um, he does, you know, he is vocal about his displeasure at times. I think at the end of the day, Dan Mullen just ruined Jacob Copeland's mindset for Florida. And uh, I, I hope wherever Jacob goes, he's able to really get the love of football brought back to him from a standpoint that he enjoys it again 
and it's not so much of a job to him. You can tell from some of the things that it's that that it's weighing on him. So yeah. I hope wherever he goes, it just kind of frees him up just to go out there and play his game. Um, you know, Maryland's an option. Mike Loxley recruiting him out of high school. Um, wouldn't rule out Central Michigan with Mac and Tim Skipper and those guys. Uh, South Carolina, I know, has contacted him. Uh, so several schools have contacted him, and uh, I hope I hope the best for the kid. I really do. Um, and hope that, it, you know, wherever it may be he goes, he, he finds what he's looking for. Um, with Diabate, there's so much going on behind the scenes with this past staff and what they're doing yep. that uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if a new D.C. can get in there, a new linebacker coach can get in there and talk to Diabate and get some things straightened out and uh, get some uh, untruths um, out of the way and uh, get some truth to the young man. Yeah, uh, Diabate, uh, also one of those guys that you could kind of see in post-game pressers how upset he was with the scheme and the defensive scheme. So, obviously, Grantham's gone. Uh, but, you know, a, a guy that obviously – you know, has been vocal as well. And yeah, I hope the best for these kids, no matter where they go anyway. I hope the best for Jacob Copeland. Uh, Gerald Mincy, he's going to Tennessee. So uh, it it, it kind of sucks seeing these guys leave. But at the same time, do you really want a kid that's at the school and he's not bought in anymore and he's just mentally not there? I would rather them transfer and be happy somewhere else, to be honest. I'd rather want people that want to be on the team and, and, and that are happy being on the team and can buy in. So some things just don't work out. Right. And it, and, it, it, and it's not that anybody's bad or anything else. I mean, it's like a relationship, you know, some work out, some don't, that doesn't mean either person's a bad person or, or anything else. Uh, and, um, you just hope that wherever they go, they find, you know, what they're looking for. I mean, you look at a guy like Trayvon Grimes, for instance, Ohio state just wasn't a good fit for him, came to yep. Florida and done some good things. Um, you know, so hopefully, you know, whatever it may be, they go and they find what they're looking for. And, um, you know, they, they go on to, to play good ball. Um, those two guys in particular are really good players. Um, I think Diabate was done a lot of disservice by making him play inside when the guy's an outside linebacker. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of went back and forth on where they wanted him to play, what they wanted his weight to be. Kid never got settled in. So uh, hopefully he's able to settle in and really just uh, – show what he could do at that outside linebacker position. I mean, led the team in tackles and, um, you know, hopefully he does give Billy Napier and his staff an opportunity to, uh, to really back in. I know Napier hasn't really got to talk one-on-one with a lot of these guys because he has been out recruiting. So uh, hopefully he is able to do that um, and get things going there. Um, Want to move on and talk about a little bit about recruiting. So, yeah, you know, obviously it's been a wild decommitment process. Yes. And everybody's wondering what the heck's going on. Truth of the matter is this. It's a new sheriff in town. Yep. And the new sheriff in town has a plan. And the new sheriff in town's not taking plan D's, E's, and F's. Right. Yeah. And and, and this is what it is. And it was a shocker. Uh, it really was. Uh, Monica Evers was on the Gator Twitter space as well. I think it was the night before Nick Evers decommitted. And, uh, you know, she sounded really bought in and everything that was going on. Nothing that bad that she had ever said. Um, and then I wake up. I, I went to bed too early. It, it, it immediately, I think it happened maybe an hour after the Twitter space. Uh, Nick Evers posted his decommitment. I was asleep. I woke up to that news in the morning, and I was like, holy crap, what happened? 
Um, so, you know, I, and I had a chance to talk to Monica a little bit in, in, in the DMs and all that, because you know, a lot of people were giving her crap on Twitter and I felt bad for her. So I just kind of messaged her and said, hey, just ignore it, whatever. Um, but, you know, it, it, she had mentioned it was it was a decision from Nick. It, they, you know, the parents didn't influence the decision. Nick, you know, sat down and, and he decided he didn't want to be part of the University of Florida. The uh, meeting between him and Napier, I guess their personalities didn't click. So he decommitment, you know, he decommits, and and obviously a lot of fans were already thinking the sky was you know falling and everything else when you know Chandler Smith and Jaden Gibson and all that and all those guys decommitted and 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 what I try to tell people is like, look, if a quarterback of a class decommits, it's going to be hard for those skill level guys to want to stay as well because they commit to a quarterback usually most of the time. The wide receivers, the tight ends, they'll commit to that quarterback. So you know when you see Jaden Gibson, Chandler Smith, all these other guys leaving. You know, that's going to happen when a quarterback decommits. It, it, they might stay, but more than likely, those wide receivers, those tight ends are going to go with them. So, you know, um, that that pretty much cleans the class out. I mean, I think we're sitting at, what, seven commits right now? Yeah, I believe it's seven commits. Yeah, so far, uh, our average rating right now is .87. But, look, it'll go up. I'm not worried about the recruiting class. I'm not worried about Nick Evers leaving. There are quarterbacks. Uh, there's an Oregon quarterback right now, I believe, a guy that's committed to Oregon, or he did committed from Oregon. That, uh, decommitted. Yeah, he decommitted from Oregon, Napier's after that guy. And then there's uh, talks of Walker, the five-star quarterback over there at LSU, maybe, you know, getting uh, coming over here as well. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not too upset about the decommitments. I, I wouldn't be. I mean, this class is going to be short. Napier already said it's going to be short. We're going to have to dip into the portal. So we'll see what happens with that. But, man, it, it, it was kind of a shocker, I will say, that, that Nick ever did decommit because it, it looked like he was on board. Um, I hope the best for the kid. Uh, looks like he might get into – I think he's visiting Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, him and Jaden Gibson are. Yeah, him and Jaden Gibson. So, uh, you know, Florida's class is ranked 79th nationally right now. So uh, I'm, I'm don't pretty mean sure, anything. It don't mean anything. I'm pretty sure it'll go up. Uh, transition class, it happens and, you know, whatever. So all those guys out there freaking out, don't freak out. I'm loving the staff. Here's hire. the thing. There's always a plan. And there was a plan, you know, when 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 Mullen, I mean when uh, Napier took over for Mull. And and this is my thing to everybody. Dan Mullen was fired for a reason. He was yep. fired because he couldn't recruit and he wasn't winning on Saturdays. Yep. So what makes you think his judgment on prospects was that good? Right. Um you know. Let's always remember this. And I like Nick. I think Nick's a great player. I think Nick's going to be a heck of a quarterback if he goes to Oklahoma or wherever he goes. But let's also remember this. He wasn't Mullen's first choice. He wasn't Mullen's third or fourth or fifth choice. Let's remember that. Uh, You look at some of these guys and, and, you know, okay, is losing Jane Gibson hurt? Sure, does a little bit. But at the same time, he doesn't fit what Billy wants to fit. Right. You look at Chandler Smith, he has a bum knee. You look at Terrence Gibbs, Gibbs he has a bum knee and don't even has nerve damage in his leg. Um, you look at EJ Lightsey, he was like 10th on their recruiting board. Um, so, you know, you look at several of these guys and it's just, um, you know, you, you, you say, okay, well, it hurts to lose them. Sure it does, but also at the same time, trust in the new man's plan. And, you know, Nick Evers, for instance, there was a question asked. Yep. Did you inherit me or did you pick me? That came from the Everest camp. Well, technically, Napier inherited. He did recruit him out of high school, but you know, at, at Lafayette. Um, so, you know, it's a, it, it's always a situation where 
there's a lot of things behind the scenes going on with the past staff getting involved with, with kids and hurting Napier and them. Um, but there's also the, the simple thing that, Hey, they just may not fit what he wants. Um, right. And I know people have said, Oh, well, you know, this class is going to suck. Probably, probably next year is when you judge the man, but also you only have one chance to build a program from scratch. And that's right now. You can't do it in, in a year or two. Because if you do, you're going to get fired. Because at 40, you don't rebuild. You Correct. reload. Now, Billy has a chance right now to tear this thing from the from the top down. Clean house, everything else. Recruit guys he wants to recruit. David Connor likes him, recruited him on campus. Um, Jalen Farmer went visiting. He's coming on campus in January for a visit. Signs in February. Jamari Lyons going to sign in, in, in uh, on Wednesday. Um, you look at some of these guys that he likes, and he's recruiting them. Some of these guys he doesn't like, he's not recruiting them. Um, it just is what it is. And I, I don't get the, okay, well, they were committed and they were Gators. Sure they were. Thank you. Thank you for being a Gator. But at the end of the day, this is a business. Just like it's a business that these kids can go transfer out, it's a business that if Napier takes the wrong kids, he gets fired in four years or three years or whatever it may be. So let him do what he has to do and trust his plan. You trusted Mullen for three years to screw this up. Trust the man for a couple weeks to try to get things fixed. This program was broken, and I don't think people understand how broken it was. I mean, it's still broken right now because Napier hadn't got all the old people out of the building. You still have old staff members getting in the way of recruiting, um, and and all their job is to do is to coach a bowl game. This is a broken program that has to be fixed, and it all starts in recruiting, and he's trying. He really is. Right, and uh, speaking of the bowl game, we got a bowl game coming up against UCF, 7.30, uh, December the 23rd, and hopefully we do win that game because I don't want to hear it from UCF fans until we play them yeah. again. Before we get into that, yeah. let's talk a couple of seconds about the Kamari Wilson and yeah. uh, Devin Moore coming on campus this weekend. So yeah. both of those guys are big-time, big-time safeties. Yeah, And, is. you know, Kamari was a guy who had all but eliminated – well, he did eliminate Florida in his top four. Uh, was supposed to be at LSU this weekend, changed it to come visit Florida. Very close to Jamar Chaney. Um and likes Corey Raymond a lot. That was a big reason he was going to visit LSU still. So, uh, Ford is battling Kirby here. This is the first opportunity for Napier to go head-to-head with his old friend uh, Kirby Smart. So, uh, big one there. And then with Devin Moore uh, battling Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman, who's up there, who took over, and the guy who recruited Devin Moore. So, uh, we've we've been talking about needing safeties for a while. This yeah, is their opportunity bad. to nail two of them. Yeah, and, and wouldn't it be a feather in the cap for Billy Napier, his first uh, battle with Kirby Smart over a five-star player, for him to uh, come to the University of Florida and not Georgia? I mean, wouldn't that be just the best thing ever? Like, don't you don't think even... he don't, don't think he ain't thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. And what's funny is he don't even have his whole staff here yet. Just think about that, too. But when you add Corey Raymond to the mix there, especially, man, that that's, that that turns heads. I mean, we've seen tons of commits. Like, when Corey Raymond, LSU commits, LSU players – like, what the heck happened, you know? And uh, it, it, that I, I just, I hope, I hope. I, I, I want to start lying right now, but I can't start lying until that happens, Spivey. How do I keep lying? Can I, can, yeah. I, can I lie right now? Can we get cider here and I can just keep lying the whole time? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, things are definitely turning for the good. Um, like you said, the bowl game, first sellout ever of the Gasparilla Bowl oh, down yeah. in uh, St. Pete. Uh, they're going to have 60,000 in attendance, uh, and the most they'd ever had before was 40,000. So, um, You think that's you know, mostly uh, UCF fans or UF fans? Probably UCF fans, but I think there'll be a decent showing for Florida fans. Uh, obviously, Anthony Richardson's out as he had meniscus surgery. Uh, Emory yep. Jones is banged up a little bit. We'll see how how much he goes and how effective he is in the game. Uh, you'll be without Copeland. You'll be without Diabate. A lot of those portal guys, Chris Bogle. Zachary um, Carter's out. Are all. Yeah, Zach Carter has opted out, which I don't blame Zach for that. Good job for him. It yep. uh, does seem like Kyrie Elam is going to play in the game. Yeah. Uh, We'll see if that continues to go down that road. Um, a lot of distractions for this team. Um, a lot of things changing for this team. Uh, UCF is probably the favorite in this game, in my opinion. Um, Actually, they're not. If you look at the uh, – I think it's like a seven-point – I think we're the seven-point favorite. I think it's seven really? point five right now. Yeah. Really? I haven't even looked at it. I'm, to, to me, the ball game's meaningless. But um, right. if I'm going into that game, I'd be betting on UCF um, for the simple reason that a lot is going on with Florida, and you got to figure out how they're going to come out in this game. So um, big one for Florida, though. I mean, like you said, you don't want to lose that game. Yeah, you don't. You don't because then you're going to have to hear it from UCF fans until, what, they play them in, what, three, four more years? They, I think they signed right. one. Yeah. So, like – and this was the thing that I was looking at too. I looked at UCF, so I did some research, and I'll post stats when it becomes game week. Almost, I'll, I'll, I'll I ran a bunch of stats, and and UCF actually with Gabriel out, their their backup quarterback, he's he's really not that good, man. He's got like a forty QBR. Uh, I don't think his completion rating's that well either. Um, did a lot of research. They're bad at stopping the run, so I, I would I would just hand the ball off to Damian Pierce all game. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, you don't know if they're going to try to rotate, but Naquan Wright is out. Yeah, he looks like he had a – do you have any updates on Daquan, by the way? No, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's going to play. It looked I don't bad. expect him to play. Um, you know, and it, it's just about recovery now for him. And so um, I think that uh, – I think things things will be a little bit different uh, at running back. I know Billy Napier and his staff have said they want to play a lot of young guys and see some of those young guys, but obviously it's Greg Knox's decision. It's that coaching staff's decision. Uh, be interesting to see how much uh, run Pierce gets. Um, and then does Bowman and Lingard get some run, um, you know, being that they're, uh, they're the two young guys besides Naquan and with Naquan out. So, uh, but you also have to do right by your seniors and, and Malik yep. and, and Dave in because you know those guys have deserved this and this is their opportunity to go out with a bang so um you kind of have to you kind of really have to divvy it up in a way um and it's tough because again damien and malik have earned it but you also want to see what the young guys can get so um, you probably you probably see it too yeah yeah you will it, it'll be interesting to see um how that how that shapes up more than anything uh at receiver obviously you can play you know 10 guys and it won't be a big deal because there's you know four three to four on the field at all times um tight ends another spot you know do we see an odom or um uh elkinson yeah i I actually like uh kamori gamble here lately (laughs) kamori gamble's been on fire here lately he's had a couple of uh 100 yard receiving games he's been getting open 
So we'll see what happens with that, man. I, I'm actually kind of pumped. And all the, all the guys that wanted to see what the backups could do, well, they're going to be able to see it. Um, Zachary Carter, uh, obviously opting out for the NFL. I don't blame him there. Go get your money. Um, but, you know, as far as it goes with UCF, uh, UCF's really not a good team. I mean, they really aren't. Florida should be able to win the game. Uh, I think they should. But uh, we'll see, man. Uh, Emory Jones can't, you know, throw five turnovers and expect to win the game. So hopefully he can cut down on the turnovers, play like he did against, uh, I think he only had one game where he had zero turnovers. I can't remember. Uh, but it'll be interesting, man. Uh, that crowd's going to be pumped, man. Uh, those And UCF's going to play like like it's their Super Bowl, man. Uh, Florida's got to get their head in the game. And, and, and what really sucks is I'm not worried about Florida physically beating UCF. I'm worried about them mentally beating them with all the coaching changes going on. And then the coaches right now, Greg Knox and all them, those guys are looking for jobs right now. They're not fully bought in either right now. They they want to get out of this bowl game, coach it, and, you know, that's it. So, hopefully, Greg Knox, I can be talking about a 3-0 and undefeated head coach here in, in a couple of weeks. Bobby, what do you think about that, man? Yeah, um, it would uh, be big. It's going to – I'm with you on this, and that is how do they mentally, you know, come into this game? That That's, that's it. How do they mentally come in? It's a weird week. I mean, it's a weird, you know, kind of setting for them too, because, you know, they have finals going on um, and then they have to, you know, jump on a plane or jump on a bus um, and drive to, you know, St. Pete for the, for the bowl game. And, you know, they'll, they'll get done before Christmas. So they'll be able to go home for Christmas. Kind of, you know, the younger guys get their mind um, reset a little bit as they, uh, they get ready for hockey and the the new program that'll start uh, in January uh, under Napier. So, uh, you know, if you're a current player, I don't know how you're not excited. Yeah. You know, things are, are on the rise. Uh, you're going to be coached better. You're going to be prepared better. You're going to have better weightlifting. You're going to have better uh, nutrition. You're you're going to have better better mental, um, you know, guidance as far as you know what a mental coach helping you and that kind of stuff. Uh, you're going to have a lot of different things. The program's on the rise. Um, Hopefully everyone buys into it. Um, you know, notice guys like Gervin Dexter and Chief Borders and and that kind of stuff are really buying in. Chief Borders was helping a lot this weekend in recruiting. So um, it's an exciting time. I've said this before. It's an exciting time to be a Gator. It's an exciting time for for the future of the program. And uh, just buckle up and enjoy it. Don't stress about recruiting right now. Enjoy it. Corey Raymond, if Juwan Sider comes, Rob Sale comes, those guys, they're going to get the guys. Patience. Remember, Saban didn't make Alabama in one year. No, actually, I think Saban, what did he lose? He went 7-5 and five his first year at Alabama. Yeah, he? yeah, he got beat by Monroe. Yeah. So if that's any inclination of what's to come, that's, uh, you know, as far as next year, you know, I don't expect to be undefeated or anything. That's always the hope, but you know, I don't expect it. And uh, yeah, I mean, (laughs) big game coming up, Uh, you know, Florida fans should be exact. I'm excited for the game because of bragging rights, man. Because you know those UCF players and those Florida players aren't going to want to lose that game. So it's going to be kind of like the Florida State game. Hopefully there's not like a million 15-yard penalties for uh you know, uh, unnecessary roughness and all that other kind of stuff. So we'll see what happens in that game. And also, Spivey, what do you got coming up on the VIP boards? You, Ray, and uh, Ethan out there, uh, what do you got coming up, man? Yeah, I mean, just keeping up with the uh, the coaching hires and, and recruiting Wednesday signing day. So uh, we'll be back on Thursday, and we can uh, 
can recruit uh recap some recruiting and early signing day obviously it's not going to be as big as in the past right um but it still be a good be a big day uh obviously basketball still uh still going uh had that tough loss last week but uh played maryland as we're taping this on sunday um so uh you know a lot of things going in the right direction there and uh, coaching hires are still coming out and uh you know kind of wind down here after wednesday uh until uh the new year and then things will pick right back up that is correct and uh we will have on eric fawcett here in a few discuss basketball because there's been some ups and there's been some crazy downs as well that basketball team uh losing to an 0 and 7 team did not look good but uh hey you know what they got a victory their last game so that 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 helps a little bit softens the blow a little bit but nothing's ever going to soften a blow like that but We'll get into that later on in the uh, podcast to come. But if that's all you got, Spivey, uh, I'm ready to start getting back on Twitter and lying about our coaching staff getting a top five class next year. There you go. Let's do it, my man. (laughs) All right, folks. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast. You can follow me at SoderquistGC on Twitter, and you can follow Andrew Spivey at AndrewSpiveyGC on Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast.